too often, faith becomes more about who is in and who is out or about who belongs and who does not. But in order for spirituality to be good for anyone, it has to be good for everyone. In this podcast, we find incredible people using their faith and life as a catalyst for goodness in this world. Be inspired to discover your own goodness in order to make your life, your family, your community, and your world better. Welcome to the Chasing Goodness Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kinzera. And today, what I wanted to do is just give you an opportunity to listen to a conversation that I had with some good friends of mine, uh, Celtic Ways creative director, Scott Jenkins, and his wife, Chris Jenkins, along with my wife, Susie Kinzera. We all got together out in, right outside of Denver, Colorado, because we were having a meeting discerning some things going on with the organization of Celtic Way. And so we just got together and put the microphone in the middle of us and had a conversation about what discernment looks like in general. And so I thought, it was such a, an enjoyable experience that I just wanted all of the listeners of Chasing Goodness to hear it as well. And so enjoy this conversation with myself, Scott Jenkins, Chris Jenkins, and my wife, Susie, about the topic of discernment. Enjoy. Today, we are going to take on the topic of discernment because my wife, Susie, and I are out here with Chris and Scott to be a part of a meeting for Celtic Way, which is going to be all about discernment. So we thought... Maybe if we just spitball as a group a little bit, we'll have something to talk about tonight. So Scott, why don't you kick us off? We're going to talk about discernment. Just give us anything that makes any sort of sense. Oh, yeah, I'm happy to do that. Discernment, this is how I begin with this whole thing. Discernment is like listening to the voice, right? The voice of God. And so there's a lot that's involved in that. Like I always think of what's the first thing? I need to get out of the way. I have my own ideas, my own agenda. I don't know why God doesn't always listen to that, you know. Uh, But yeah, I think sometimes that's the first step. I have to get out of the way. And then figure out what the question is. Figuring out what is it we're really discerning. Yeah, what is the question? Truth. So maybe that uh, leads to the question of what are some of the things that the two of you who have been in ministry life together for a long time. I won't say how many years, but it's been a few. So what are some of the things, just to help people with some practical examples, what are some of the things that you're just working through in kind of a general sense, we'll say? In a general sense, to boil it down to one word, life. (laughs) Where are we going to live? What are we going to do after retirement? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've been retired. In February, to be five years, I'm retired from pastoral ministry. And then actually before I retired, we started Celtic Way. But we're at a crossroads right now. We're trying to figure out where are we going to live. Chris will retire next February. So that will be a front burner thing. We've already been to your home state, Wisconsin, and looked at some places there. We looked at some places in Minnesota. We're talking about taking a trip to Ohio. So, yeah, the big issues, you know, and tonight we'll have a discernment meeting with the folks from with Terry Thompson and uh, Stephanie Wild and Peggy and John and Linda and Kevin. And um, so we're going to discern. We're going to listen to the spirit about what does Celtic way? What are we going to do? Where do we go from here and how do we do it? Are you sensing 
in this stage of life anticipation and excitement or are you in a different space with how you're feeling about what's on the horizon because we talked a little bit last night like when you're younger you've got all of this get up and go in you and so but i felt excited for you guys i'm just wondering are you feeling excited i am i'm energized by this I think it's the first time, if I'm just to be honest, when I ever hit big discernment issues like this previously in my life, I had a lot of stress because I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Could you just give me like, what's the next step? What's the next off ramp I'm supposed to take in life, you know? This time, and I'm coming back from two weeks on retreat in the Northumbria community, maybe that has a lot to do with it. But um, I'm not stressed by it. I, I am rather enlivened and I'm engaging this and it's difficult to talk about this period of waiting as something I'm engaging because engagement always seems to me to be like active and waiting seems to be so passive but I'm, I think one of the things I'm playing around with because I, I like to play with words is that engagement can be a passive position, a stance, a posture. And waiting can certainly be active. Active listening is so important, you know. It's like I I can I'm not gonna name any of my kids, but I could probably name all of them, but I'd be talking to them and I'd have to stop halfway through and say, Are you listening? And they're like, Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but you wanna tell me what you're thinking while you're <laughs> supposed to be listening, you know, but so sorry kids, I do love you. Um you've always are ready to act and it's like you want to do it right now so you were ready to move when we were there in May <laughs> <laughs> you know so you we're lucky we're still here in Colorado you know it's like okay I'm ready to go and I've always been a little more comfortable with waiting for um, the intuition or the feelings and like you yeah. I have to go somewhere and see it and mm-hmm. be there in that space before I know whether it's the right thing to do for us. We've talked about whenever we've been in waiting periods, we had this discovery of, oh my gosh, there is life in the waiting. There really is. And actually that's when all the memories, even with family and friends are really taking place and relationships are being developed. We always feel, Matt and I have alluded to this as like catching better, what's next and and being go-getters ourselves. but we are trying to do the very thing that you're talking about, like just being okay with waiting and letting what happens happen around us and letting God's opportunities and discovery just like come to us instead of us chasing them all the time. So I love what you're saying. Yeah, I hate this conversation through and through. Uh, I don't like waiting for anything. We might want to shut this down right now. No, um, I've always been a little bit of a a ready, shoot, aim kind of guy. And that uh, in my first half of life has gotten me in more trouble than I'd ever like to admit. And so there is truth that there... (laughs) <laughs> for both of us I'm sorry wow <laughs> yeah um, so I, but yes it's gotten you in a lot of yes, trouble yes it has gotten me in a lot of trouble I won't, I'm not going to put any anybody else lumped into that I've gotten myself into a lot of trouble uh, not waiting and I do think that's a, a piece of 
maturity. I think yes. that's a spiritual maturity piece, which is something I lacked for a long time. I still lack it a little bit um, now, but I think one of the things that's important to note is we're all here together to, you know, Susie and I came from Wisconsin. We're here just outside of Denver. There's other people that are going to be zooming into this conversation. There's going to be a group of about 10 of us this evening going through a discernment process together. I think one of my greatest failings, I'll say. What did you said? You called it something else. Learnings. Learning opportunities. <laughs> yeah. One of my, my biggest learnings over the years is that I, I try to discern everything by myself. But I think when we're talking about Celtic spirituality, when we're talking about faith in general, discernment and really everything is done best in the context of community. And so Scott and Chris, you can have some ideas of maybe where you sense God is leading, but then saying those things out loud to a group of people, some of us coming in from the outside, others who have been a part of Celtic Way for a long time and been a part of your lives for a long time. And so it's going to be this really beautiful sense of discernment as a group. And so I think that's another thing that we can offer any listeners today is if you're going through a discerning process, which I think in some way we always are, but one of the best things you can do is get it out of your head and out of your mouth and into a, the context of community and yes. a group of people, which I think, Scott, if tell me if I'm wrong, but that's Celtic through and through. So through and through. You know, uh, Bridget had this saying that a person without a soul friend is like a body without a head, you know, and it's, it's so true. This spiritual journey is dangerous to take alone. We yeah. deceive ourselves. We think our ego is the voice of God. And like I've told God so many times, my plans are there. Get with it. You know, let's go. And, and yeah, thank God I married somebody that said, stop. So what's really exciting to me about that as you were talking is so discernment often involves other people yeah. is what we're saying today. But then when do you have too many people in the room? When when does that get cloudy then? If you have so many voices speaking into, does it get cloudy? It can, it potentially it can be chaotic, can be chaos. And I'm not always, I'm not always ready to say God is never in the chaos because right. sometimes <laughs> God is in the chaos, yeah. you know. But I think we've learned at Celtic Way that there is a number that's helpful and then a number that's, that's probably too unwieldy, you know. Yeah. I mean, even Jesus set a limit on the number of people in the inner circle, right? Yep. And so we kind of do that in the whole planning, you know. It's like, how many can we do? We, we Maybe we started out with seven or eight, and we have ten or so. That's enough. And And the belief in this, because I probably know everybody who's coming and have a sense, and I have a high level of trust that the spirit has access through with and to all the people who are coming tonight so when we were talking earlier and you're like I, i'm kind of new i'm I, what can i yeah your voice matters basically i asked god on mine and matt's prayer walk this morning to shut me up because i don't know everybody in the room so i don't want to be presumptuous but then what was awesome friends that are listening was scott basically vetoed my prayer right. <laughs> and said i want you to and i didn't even tell him that i did that right. and then matt 
asked him a question like how can we support you what can we do for you why we're here and then that was Scott's response and that was so funny to me because I was asking God to keep my mouth shut you know yeah and well you know (laughs) (laughs) wait what what what? I didn't say anything I was just discerned I didn't say anything because I was trying to discern whether I should let it come out of my mouth and I chose not to so okay well um, and you know the other thing is is that we believe that People are there because they're supposed to be. Yeah. And so, you know, they have the desire to come and be a part of that. And um, everybody's voice will add to. And I don't expect us to make a decision right away. This is more time to get things out. And then I'm a firm believer on sleeping on it. Yeah. And see what comes to you during the night and what That's you wake right. up with in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And now let's not miss a piece of this puzzle either. And just in the previous podcast, we talked about Scott's journey overseas to the Northumbria community. Mm-hmm. And actually, this discerning process for you, Scott, yeah. started in the midst of a lot of silence with a small group of people, many who you didn't know. Right. And it was a long, a pretty, from my perspective, a long period of time to do something like that. So the discernment process isn't starting with a group of 10 of us coming together. Yeah. It started with you, Scott, thinking, hey, I'm at this place in my life where some things are going to change and transition. And so I need to do something in order to, I mean, maybe you can describe yeah, yeah. what that, that purpose was. Yeah, of doing I can. That. And before, because, you know, we're talking about people who are here and who are going to be here tonight. And I want to tell you, like Terry Thompson's our executive director, she's not in front of the microphone or up in front of people. But she's been discerning writing. She's the one who said, we need to have this group. Let's get together and do this. Because some things have been coming to her as well. And we have a lot of people who are are not front and center. And I just want to mention them because the discernment thing is very large, you know. And so I ask people that are connected to Celtic Way, and I say to them, we're meeting tonight and I need your prayers. And all of them are like, yeah. And Chris and I, of course, have been discerning this before I went to Northumbria. And Chris has already lent her wisdom and her prayers throughout, you know. So I'm in Northumbria, which is northeastern part of England, the least populated area of England. So very, very rural. And we have a mother house there for the Northumbria community and places for retreatants to stay we get together and say uh, morning, afternoon, and evening prayer together every day. We have kettle at 4 or 4.15. Kettle's when you literally... And, and they saw my gifts of the Spirit right away, and they put me in charge of kettle. Because well, I'm the very... you in charge of weeding. <laughs> <laughs> and I was also in charge of weeding. That's true. Uh, but kettle is like you put on a kettle... Uh, a kettle of hot water. I had to put on several because there's a lot of tea drinkers over there in England. Yeah, and they also made coffee for me, so it's just kind of nice. And then people gather outside. It's a place. It's a time and place where we can all talk. Which I think after you know five days of silence, you're ready to talk. But we had kettle every day, and it was so nice to know around kettle that people would just kind of reach out a little bit and say. So what are you looking for? And I would talk about, I'm discerning. Well, the next day, people I didn't even know from different parts of the world were like, I told my prayer group back in Australia, 
that you're discerning vocational stuff. And so there's people over there. I told my prayer group in Scotland that you do, or in Wales, and I'm like, wow, this discernment thing is like we are plugged in to something really big. But the time in silence was a lot of the first part of it was uh, getting me out of the way, getting my agendas and my desires. I might as well say also my anxieties my fears uh when you spend that much time in silence a lot of the shadow parts of my life rise i told god i'm here to discern my vocational stuff you know and then as a as somebody who's in the northumbria community you always have to add i'm here to be vulnerable and available to you oh god and then god said oh good i'll take you at your word and let me let's see how available and vulnerable you can be. And so kind of rehashing some things was very difficult. And I had a journal and I had Facebook Messenger that I could talk to Chris on and say, oh, I'm really struggling here. And she's with me. She's right there. And that was good. Don't go it alone. Mm-hmm. Now, I, uh, I'm a little bit of a, you know, as we've identified, most of us sitting around, I think all of us sitting around this table are kind of a little bit of go-getters. There's a group of people that I also want to speak to, though, that are the processors of our world, which we love them. And they're our the best people, friends back yeah, a lot, I'm thinking of some of our friends who they can process things all day long. And in this process of discernment, One of the things we're saying is take your time, be patient. But there's a group of people, and I I can think of some of our literal friends in my mind Mm -hmm. or even family members that would hear that and say, oh, good, (laughs) then I never have to come to a decision. I can just process this with people. I'll process it with that group and this group, and it'll be great. We'll make a decision sometime in the next three decades. (laughs) But I think to be you know, helpful to our world, helpful to the kingdom of God, whatever you want to call it, there has to be a time or a way where you get to a point where you discern, you discern, you discern, and then eventually you have to respond. So how does that, how, how can that happen or how should that happen? Or I'm probably in the group with, oh good, we can wait. <laughs> I know. For I'm, a decision. <laughs> I know you're in that group, but somebody in that group has to make a decision sometime. But yeah. I'm not in the group that says we've got to do this right away. But when you think about moving or what are we going to do as an organization, I mean, there's a little bit of a timeline on that, right? So and people ask, well, how do, you, how do you know? How do you know that you know that you know, right? And I understand what people like Cynthia Bourgeois and James Finley and Richard Rohr are saying that the more you're contemplative, the more you know the spirit's movement in your life. Now, I'm not saying I got this wired, but I, I experientially understand and, and, and have come to know what that means. Richard, mm-hmm. uh, interestingly, his whole thing of this coming week is on discernment. You know, and he does say there comes a time in a contemplative's life where your desires are the desires of God. Mm-hmm. And this has been rare for me. But when it happens then I can tell you that I know it. And see, that's beyond the rational knowing. Mm-hmm. That's beyond the scientific proving. That's kind of like when it came time to do this or do that <laughs> in a few years of counseling before we were married. And the therapist said to me, now let's do a visualization. I said, okay, because I can do that well. I can visualize and feel it and see it. 
And he said, so I want you to visualize now the rest of your life. I said, okay. And he goes, without Chris. Mm -hmm. And I just, I had tears in my shut eyes. And I looked at him and I said, I can't do that. And he goes, okay then. Now we're done with this part of the therapy. It's time to get married. We um, went together for three years, and we went to counseling because we'd both been married before, and and, like, and it was so difficult to. It was like I don't want to have another failure. So when you talk about talking with uh, uh, John about getting married and stuff, it was it was difficult. It was, yeah. yeah, but then I knew. So that, that that's vulnerability. I love that. Story. That makes me think of something else as well that's really important in this discernment conversation. I'm thinking of another part of your story as well, which actually got you to Colorado. You were in a discernment process years and years and years ago. You felt as if God was leading you to come to Colorado. When you got to Colorado, without getting into the details, it all fell apart. And I know you were both sitting there thinking, we thought God was calling us to come here. Then it all fell apart. And so maybe without necessarily having to share that whole story, how do we, if, if we discern something, even if a group of people discern, what if tonight we discern something, we try it with Celtic Way and it all falls apart. How do we then make peace with that discernment process and how do we make peace with God in the midst of that? Yeah. There would be a time in my life when I'd be scared to death of that question especially to put it out there in the public right but the lesson that I learned from that <clears throat> and I, I learned it before but you know you learn things at different depths and so here we were in Colorado sitting on the floor we had friends in California that were like don't do this don't go there you know and everything everything was taken it was gone well, there we were literally sitting on the floor across the golf course from where we are right now and um, and I said to Chris, we're gonna we'll borrow money, we'll pack up, and we're gonna go back to California. That's me, right? Act, fix the problems, you know. And Chris was like, and very gently but very firmly. So we prayed, and we believed that God brought us out here. And I said, reluctantly, maybe resentfully, yes. And um, and she said, so now that it's difficult, right? Now we don't believe that. And there I am, face to face, you know, and she she was right. I mean, she was like, yeah, we we did believe, we trusted, we left everything and everyone we had to come here uh, with good intentions, feel like we were being led, and yeah, and Chris was like, no, 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 the voice we heard was true. The circumstances that developed were very, very difficult, but it didn't change the voice. And now, you know, pretty much she's like, okay, buck up, Daniel. <laughs> you know? Well, and it was. It was difficult for a while finding jobs, but we had help along the way. We did. And it ended up being better than we could have imagined. Right. At that time, what we thought we were getting, we got so much more. Really mm -hmm. And so it really comes down to you can dream, but God's dreams are so much more than yeah. what we could oh even begin to imagine. Yeah. What I'm hearing you say and what I gather from just 
this beautiful time that I'm getting to know you guys is that what you learned is that you're learning that you have a you have a plaque in your kitchen and I love it I'm gonna steal it before I leave I'm gonna pack it in my suitcase it says I'm still learning and that is like the greatest gift and that takes humility we're always learning and when we experience disappointment that's the key is just be okay with that we don't have it all figured out and that we're on this constant journey of learning and learning from our past and and then taking those experiences and then now bringing them into this experience now what did i learn from those experiences that will help me with this discernment process as we close this up father scott everybody that's listening to this podcast is discerning something you know i don't think there's ever a part in life where we're not discerning something whether that's career whether that's personal whether that's relational whether that's parenting you know we're all discerning something so what are some some wise parting words from our creative director on just the idea of discerning and how to think of this as we move through life I'm no longer surprised by this because he does that at the end of every (laughs) podcast, you know, so I'm like, oh, yeah, there's that. Well, I think the most important thing is don't do it alone. And I've I've talked to this audience for a long time about having a spiritual friend, an Anamkara, steeped in the Celtic tradition. Have somebody that you can be available to and vulnerable with and somebody that you trust. And a group of friends. I think discernment is most big issues. Gather your closest, your tribe. Bring them around. Make sure they're spiritual people and, and make sure they understand how discernment works. And meet and gather and pray and listen to God through each other, right? And the other thing is this. Um, we cannot judge the validity of what we hear in discernment by the initial outcome right i think about paul has this thing and in corinthians i was shipwrecked a little times i was beaten i was whipped you know i was this i was that and i thought why didn't you give up (laughs) you know (laughs) well because he was doing what he was supposed to do a lot of times in american christianity in my in my former days it was like if god's in this this is going to turn out really well oh no that's just not true. Or at least it's not going to turn out the way we imagine. So you get out of the way at the beginning of the discernment process. You set your own agenda, your ego aside. You get out of the way at the end of the discernment process too. Because then you're really just letting go and letting God. As we bring this home today, a couple of things come to mind. First of all, discernment should be a process that takes some time. And so be patient, as patient as you can, I guess, because sometimes you do have to make decisions quickly, but take your time as best as you possibly can. So that's the first thing I got out of our conversation together. And then one of the most important things, I think, is just that discernment should be something that we don't do alone. It should be something that's a process that we do in the context of community. And that should be a context of, if you're married, it should be something involving your spouse. If you're a person who has a family, I think it should often involve your whole family, including your kids. And it should also include your greater spiritual community, your friends, your family, whoever you think are those voices and those ears that should be a part of the process. 
So whatever it is that you're discerning today, I hope this uh, was encouraging to you and gave you some tools along the way of deciding maybe some next steps for yourself. Now you can find out more information about Scott and Celtic Way and Chris at CelticWay.org. Of course, you can find out more about what I've got going on at MattKinzera.com. You can subscribe to this podcast, give it a five-star rating and write a review. It's a great way to just help people find these conversations that we have on Chasing Goodness. And you can find me on social media, just on Instagram and Facebook. You can look up Matt Kinzera on Facebook. You can also look up Chasing Goodness. And until next time, let's keep Chasing Goodness together.